This morning we're going to turn to John chapter 10 as we continue in our series of uh, messages that we've been in walking through the gospel of John. And really this is the, uh, the last Sunday that we're going to be looking at uh, this in, into this series until the new year, really, because much of our time in December, our Sunday services in December are going to be dedicated to uh, what we're going to be doing in lifting Jesus up and celebrating Him through this season. But today, we're going to be looking at John chapter 10. And we're going to be calling this message today, Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Jesus, the good shepherd. I am so glad to have Jesus as the shepherd of my life. I am so glad that throughout my life, when I look back on it, I can see the guidance of Jesus, the good shepherd. In amidst all of the twists and turns of life, in amidst all of the ups and downs, in amidst all of the inconsistencies of life's experience, Jesus, as I look back in retrospect, has been there for me. And I'm sure that you can look back too on your life. And as you look back in retrospect over your life, you will be able to see His guidance, be able to see His care in the high moments when you're rejoicing, in the low moments, when you're in that deep, dark valley, He is there, and He has been there. And I thank God, I really do, not because of anything that I have done, but because of His goodness, because of His kindness, because of His unconditional love, He has been there as the good shepherd of my life, as he has been of your life too, guiding us through. You know, life sometimes can be a bit of a bumpy road. Life can have its ups and downs, but with the good shepherd at our side, with the good shepherd Jesus, who never leaves us, who never forsakes us, we can walk through some of the most challenging times, some of the most darkest times in life, and find our way through. When otherwise we would have been lost, when otherwise we would have been left alone without hope, now Jesus guides us and leads us on as the good shepherd. We're going to read this morning from John chapter 10, from verses 1 through to verse 11. And this chapter is all about Jesus revealing Himself as the Good Shepherd for us, His sheep. Let's read from verse 1, and we're going to continue through to verse 11. Jesus speaking, He says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, 
but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger or of strangers. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I've come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Wonderful words, a wonderful revelation, a self-revelation of who Jesus is when he spoke these words in John chapter 10 on this day. And everyone hearing Jesus on this day would have understood what he was saying. Because shepherding sheep was an integral part in Middle Eastern life. The hillsides all around the people. The hillsides all around the vicinity were filled with bleating sheep. And shepherds calling to their flocks. And Jesus used on this day, this everyday scene that everyone was so familiar with to reveal who he was and how he wants to care for each and every one of our lives. He's the good shepherd. That's the message that he wanted to convey, and that's the message that he wants to convey to all of us today from his word. He is the good shepherd. And against this backdrop of shepherds caring for their sheep that were all around the hillsides that surrounded Jerusalem, Jesus gave his message to those that were listening. And it was a perfect setting for, from which to speak. It was a perfect setting for him to bring this revelation of care this revelation, this self-revelation of himself as the good shepherd. Because as we all know, and as they knew when they heard what Jesus was saying, sheep are frail. Sheep are defenseless animals. Sheep are in constant need of protection. Constant need of new provision. And Jesus on this day, as, as, as on this day, today, was letting them know as he is letting us know, he's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd that cares for our lives. He's the good shepherd that's always ready to protect us. He's the good shepherd that's always ready to provide for us. As we walk through life, as we pass through life's way, 
Jesus wants to assure us individually and collectively that He's there as the Good Shepherd to protect us and to provide for us. Now, Middle Eastern shepherds needed on occasions to find resupplies of food. Whilst they were out on the hillsides, sometimes for days and weeks, on occasions they would have to find resupplies for food. So they would lead their flocks down from the hillsides onto the flatlands into, into large holding pens that, were, that brought the sheep together. And whilst those sheep were on the flatlands brought down from the hillsides, the shepherds would go to nearby towns to find resupplies and restock. And then, with the, sh with the sheep safely in that holding pen, they would bed down for the night in the town to get a rest, with their sheep having been taken cared, care for by another. They would find rest. They would find strength. And then in the morning, they'd get up, and they'd go to those holding pens where many, many different flocks were held. And they'd go to the keeper of the pen. And they'd line up one by one, and the shepherd would come to his sheep in that pen. And as shepherds, they didn't have to worry about distinguishing who their sheep were. They didn't have to, even though their sheep were grouped with many different other flocks, they didn't have to worry about sorting their sheep out, finding out who who was who in the flock? Simply, when the shepherd would come to the holding pen and to the keeper of the pen, the shepherd would simply call out to his own sheep. And the sheep, his own sheep, hearing his voice, would come out one by one. As each sheep heard the voice and the call of their shepherd, his own flock would follow him out, back out onto the hillside. As many shepherds came, as many shepherds queued, each shepherd would use a call that their sheep knew, a call that, their, that was unique to their sheep, and as they used that call, the sheep would hear the voice of the shepherd, and out they would come, one by one. They didn't have to worry about distinguishing who their sheep were. They didn't have to worry about trying to organize them and trying to see if all were following. The sheep knew the voice of the shepherd. The sheep could distinguish the uniqueness of the shepherd's voice. And Jesus on this day was picking up on that point, that particular point. He was picking up on the fact that just as the sheep 
knew the voice of their shepherd, so his people, so his sheep in his pasture would know his voice above all others. Listen to verse 4 and verse 5 of John 10 again. Jesus is bringing this point out to emphasize just how the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. When he says in verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. These Middle Eastern shepherds that Jesus was picturing when he spoke here could single out each and every one of their sheep because they knew them so well. Because the sheep under their care weren't just simply numbered. Each sheep was named. The shepherd cared for his sheep to such a degree that he would name every single one of them. He would spend weeks upon weeks with his flock, and he would see the unique little personalities and traits in their nature, and he would identify each little characteristic and unique aspect of each sheep's nature, and he would attribute a name to each sheep. Such was the care. Shepherds looked after their flock in the Middle East, very different to shepherds might look after flocks in the Western world. Now flocks and flocks of sheep might just be numbered. But in those Middle Eastern lands, the shepherds knew their flock so well their flock would be with them between 10 and 12 years because they wouldn't be rearing their flocks for food. They'd be, they'd be harvesting their wool and their fleece. So these flocks would be with the shepherd for, for 10 to 12 years, and over that time, he would know their nature. He would know their character. They weren't numbered or just solely numbered. Each one was named. Each one was cared for. And over the time of that care, the sheep would know the voice. He would, they would know the voice of their shepherd intimately. How wonderful it is for us to know the voice of our shepherd. You know his voice. You don't have to go to a seminar on how to hear the voice of your shepherd. You know it instinctively. You know it. You responded to it the very moment that you gave your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've only been following Jesus maybe for a few weeks. 
You know his voice as good as anybody else here this morning. You know his voice. It doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 50 years. You can say, praise God, I've been following Jesus for 50 years because you know his voice. But equally, if you've just been following him for a matter of hours or a matter of weeks, you know his voice as much as anybody else in this place because you're following him. You've responded to him. And his voice is so wonderful. His voice is above all other voices. You're not a number. He knows your name. He knows your name. And that's what Jesus was pointing out here. That's why he was using this wonderful picture and this wonderful imagery. And that's why it carries such a vital message for him to use and for him to pick up on in relation to our lives. We know his voice. He's our good shepherd and he calls to his sheep and his sheep hear his voice and follow him. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And that's what makes our walk with him not, a, not, not some kind of religion that we're following, but a relationship, the deepest of relationships. We don't have religion. We have a relationship with the living God. And there can be lots of different voices that we hear every single day, pulling us this way and pulling us that way and trying to coerce us in different directions and influence us in different ways. There's voices all around us calling out to us, but there's one voice that's above all other voices. And it's the voice that you know. It's the voice that leads you. It's the voice of your shepherd. All other voices are strange. All other voices have a tone upon them that isn't always for our good. But His voice never fails. His voice never, never disappoints. I can remember on one occasion camping. Those days have long gone now. We used to go camping as a family and... Um, Remember on one occasion camping next to a large field. And in this field, there were probably about a hundred different sheep or a hundred sheep next to our tent. Well, you can imagine what it was like going to sleep at night. My goodness me. All you heard all night was the, that's right, the bleating of sheep. Bleating of sheep all night long. Well, I got up this one day and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try my skills out as a shepherd. So I went up to the fence. I said, the flock was there and they were all looking at me. There was about a hundred sheep just looking at me. I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll show them now. I'm a good shepherd. Went up to the edge of the fence. I said, yeah, sheepy, sheepy. Yeah, sheepy, sheepy. 
come on. I had a biscuit in my hand. Come on, sheepy. Here. And I put my hand over the fence. Here, sheepy, sheepy. And suddenly the sheep scattered. Scattered. They were gone. All across the field. What a disaster. Running for their life. Running in fear. They weren't coming close to me. It didn't matter how nice, how nice I tried to put it. Sheepy, sheepy. Didn't matter what I tried to do. They were scattered across the field. Well, I took my deck chair, sat down, and just looked at the, looked at the fields and looked at the scattered sheep. Thought, well, there's nothing that I can do about that. A few hours later, a man comes into the field. It was quite amazing. And he suddenly called out to his sheep. He didn't say, Hee, sheepy, sheepy. He used a call to his sheep. And within, it was, it was quite amazing. Within seconds, that scattered flock that was all over the field, came running from every direction to that man, who was obviously the shepherd. A hundred or so sheep running up to him, pressing against his legs as he reached into his bag and started to feed him, uh, to feed them. What was the difference? One was a shepherd and one wasn't. One was a shepherd that cared for his flock. One was a shepherd that knew his flock. One was a shepherd that had gone through all of the various storms that had hit that flock over the years. And one wasn't. They knew his voice. They didn't know mine. And they ran to the one whose voice they knew. That's, that's the picture. That's the message. That's the point that Jesus was conveying on this day. My sheep know my voice. You know his voice. His voice will never fail you. You know his voice. You can trust it. In every circumstance of life, you know his voice. You can, you can rely on it. You can believe it. It won't fail you. That word that has been spoken into your heart that you might not understand at this moment, you can rely on it. It will lead you through. Because if it's from the mouth of the good shepherd, it will not fail you. It will protect you. It will provide for you. You know his voice. You know his voice, just like those sheep that were scattered came to the voice of and the call of their shepherd. So we rally around and gather to our good shepherd, Jesus. When I saw it, I was reminded of Jesus' words in John chapter 10. And I thought, oh, how true. How true it is. 
we don't we 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 don't know the voice of a stranger we scatter from the voices of strangers but the voice of our shepherd we can rely on the voice of our shepherd we can put our trust our trust in because his voice never fails now after assuring the people there on that day that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd jesus went on to say something that might seem strange to us in our western minds and if we haven't got a background in shepherd and it would seem strange to us jesus in verse 7 went on to say most assuredly i say to you i am the door of the sheep and this personal reference of being the door may have little meaning or significant or, or significance to our western way of thinking but in a middle eastern mind it would be perfectly understandable what jesus was saying because at the end of each day and as nightfall drew in the shepherd would call his flock to him out from the open hillside out from the open pasture he would call his flock as nightfall came to himself and he would lead them into a fold and as he brought them into the fold that was usually a stone-walled enclosure that was circular they would be safe and secure for the night i think we've got a picture of a of a fold that we can show you just for you to understand and see what would happen the shepherd would lead his flock as nightfall came into a fold much like that a stone-walled circular enclosure so that his sheep would be protected from any predator that came by night and as you can see in that fold there's only one entrance in and one exit out nothing can get into that fold or into a shepherd's fold unless it went through the shepherd the shepherd was the door of the fold and once the sheep were in that fold they were secure once the sheep had gone in through the door the shepherd they were protected in effect the shepherd as the door of the fold was literally laying his life down for his sheep and this was the ultimate act that any shepherd could do for his sheep this was the ultimate act of protection this was the ultimate act that a shepherd could do for his sheep in securing their well-being in that open hillside protecting them in the fold 
Jesus couldn't have picked a better picture than this to emphasize his care for us, to emphasize his protective love over our lives. The imagery that he was using, the message that he was conveying on that day perfectly describes his love in laying down his life for us. Four times in John chapter 10, Jesus says repeatedly that he lays down his life for his sheep. In verse 11, in verse 15, in verse 17, and on into verse 18, Jesus repeatedly says that he lays his life down for the sheep. He is the door. He protects us as his flock. He's an enclosure around us. And as we come in through him, nothing can touch our lives unless it passes through that door. No harm can come to us. His protection is upon us in all seasons of life, whether good or bad, whether light or dark, whether happy or sad, Jesus is the door. Irrespective of our circumstances, irrespective of our conditions in life, Jesus is our door of protection. We are in His fold and secure. Secure in Him. Just for the remaining moments that we have this morning, I want to just use this time now just to think about King David's understanding of the Lord being His shepherd. In a psalm we all know and love, Psalm 23, David talks about the Lord as his shepherd. And if you look at different Bible commenters that comment on this particular psalm, they all agree that David wrote this psalm in the latter years of his life as an older king. Because the words of this psalm captures the broadness and the brevity of life's journey and experience. As an aged king now, David in Psalm 23 was not recalling his faithfulness to the Lord, but the Lord's faithfulness to him. That's what Psalm 23 is all about. It's not David recalling about how great he's been. It's not David recalling how faithful he's been to God. Psalm 23 is all about how God has been faithful to David and how he's been a shepherd over his life. When you read this psalm thoughtfully, you can see that David is eagerly proclaiming how the Lord, his shepherd, had served him. It's only six verses long. And yet this psalm is known right across the world 
People turn to this psalm in their darkest moments. People turn to Psalm 23 in their happiest moments. It has an amazing range of life experience with it, and people turn to it on all occasions. When they're rejoicing and when they're in the depths of their sorrow, people turn to Psalm 23, and I think they turn to it because it reminds us not of how we are to serve the Lord as His sheep, but how the shepherd serves His sheep in all seasons of life. That's what Psalm 23 is about. Not the sheep serving the shepherd. Have you ever heard of sheep serving a shepherd? No. Sheep don't serve a shepherd. The shepherd serves his sheep and lays his life down for them. And that is what David recalled about the Lord his shepherd as he looked back on his life. About how good he was and how he served him. I'm going to read Psalm 23 in a moment, and as I do, just think about who is serving who. You're going to see the words come up on the screen. And as we read these words together, think about who is serving who in this psalm. Is it about the sheep serving the shepherd? Or is it about the shepherd serving the sheep? Well, the answer's on every line of the chapter. Let me read it to you. Psalm 23, verse 1 through to verse 6. David, looking back on his life, says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Who's serving who there? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort, comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. It's a testimony of how the Lord, our shepherd, serves his sheep with his very life, laying it down for his own. Amen. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to
close in just a few moments. We're going to pray in a moment. But as I was thinking this week over, over the message today, I remembered a time when Faye and I were married probably for about six months. We'd only just got married, so that's whew, nearly 23 years ago. 23 years ago. How time flies. But we were newly married. And as newlyweds, we were really conscientious about how we budgeted our finances. We are, you know, phase very astute when it comes to finances and has to have everything in order. We had all our little pots and all our little bank accounts. And money went into this pot and money went into that pot. We were new at this. We had a house to pay for. We had lots of things to do and to manage. And Faye had budgeted. And on this one occasion, a financial advisor came to see us. We wanted a check, as it, we wanted a check just to see if everything was in place. I remember it clearly. We sat in the room with him, and he went through our budgets. And then he came armed with his financial packages. My goodness me, he had all kinds of different financial packages that we needed to have in place, he said. There was a sickness and benefit package that we needed. A loss of employment package. My goodness, and he went through all of these different packages in detail. You need this if you... You never know what's around the corner. You never know what's going to come your way. You need a... You need an, a what, what if you get terminated from your employment? What are you going to do then? How are you going to pay for the bills? Well, I've got a package, he said, to cover that. If you're sick, if there's a bereavement, if, if, you, if your employment is terminated, I've got a package, don't worry. Okay. And then there was all these various different pension packages. My goodness me, it was confusing. So many different packages that he went through. And then he, he, he had looked at our budget and he said, he said to us, he said, well, he said, look, he said, I can see that you've got some spare money in your budgets. You've budgeted for your electricity. You've budgeted for your mortgage. You've got a food budget. You've got a clothes budget. You've got Christmas budgeted for. She budgets for everything. And he said, I can see that there's a, a spare pot of money here that you can use for all of the packages that I'm proposing. And then Faye looked at me and smiled and then quietly said to this financial advisor, she said, oh, sorry. She said, we can't touch that pot of money. And he said, well, why not? She said, well, we tithe 
everything that comes into our home. He said, what do you mean tithe? Well, we take 10% of all of our money as husband and wife, and we give it to the Lord. We give it into His church, this local church. We tithe our money, and we just know that God will bless our finances and our lives as a result of this faith decision that we have made. We've not only done it as a married couple. I was taught tithing from my mom and dad as a, as a young kid. Faye was taught tithing from her mom and dad as a young girl. And then together, collectively, as husband and wife, we went forward and said, you know what? God has blessed us so greatly. We're going to tithe. So, he, so, so she said, that pot of money is actually firstly given to God. Before anything else, it's given and set aside for Him. He scratched his head. He said, well, I just don't know what you're going to do. Because you can't have any of these packages. A sickness in work and benefits package. Loss of employment. You can't have any of my packages because you've dedicated this money to God. And then the Holy Spirit spoke up in my heart. And he said, Dave... He said, tell him about the package that I promised you at 3 a.m. in the morning when I called you to do my work. Dave, when I called you to do my work, remember the package that I promised to give you? I said, yes, Lord, I do, quietly in my heart. And I started smiling. I said, oh, I said, do you know what? I said, I actually have a package in place. I said, it's a health, and this is the way I put it. I said, it's a health and wealth package. I said, it's a wonderful package. I said, a package that will never fail. He said, well, what package is it? I said, it's Psalm 23, verse 1. He said, well, what does it say there? I said, it says this. And, I, and then I told him the story. I said, the Lord spoke to me at 3 a.m. in the morning when he called me into his work. And he gave me this word. Son, I am your shepherd. You will never lack anything. And I'm telling you, I have never, by the grace of God, we have never lacked anything because of the care of our good shepherd. There's nothing wrong with pensions. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, packages that help us to secure us when, we, when we're sick and, you know, when we need some security and support. Nothing wrong with it if you've got one. But I'll tell you, if you haven't got one, it's fine as well. Because there's an unfailing package that the shepherd gives us of his unconditional love and unconditional care as we walk through this life. We are his. We are his sheep under his pasture and in his care. Amen.
Amen. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray. And then we're going to sing just before we leave today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here today. We are the sheep of your pasture. Lord, thank you for the wonderful care that you give our lives. Thank you that we know your voice. We don't respond to the voice of a stranger. We respond to the voice of our shepherd, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are our protector. You watch over our health. Lord, I know that some of us are struggling in our health today. We've heard this morning, just in the, in the prayer requests that have been read out, loved ones, friends, who are struggling in their health. Lord, as the good shepherd, you know each condition. You know each circumstance that we face. And Lord, we ask you to heal our bodies. We ask you to restore our souls to strengthen our hearts. As we listen to your voice and follow you, we thank you that you will lead us, protect us, and provide for us as your people. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to go from this place singing this morning. But don't forget, when you go out this week, and even just into this, this day before you. And all of those different voices come from the left and from the right to bombard your mind. Don't forget. Don't forget. The voice. Above all voices, you know. He speaks to you. Be led by Him. Amen. Amen. Come on, we're going to sing.